What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort, so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. The Underground. This is episode 34. I hope you all are doing well. I'm on my own this week. Joseph is in the process of moving into a new apartment. So I'll be talking straight to you guys this week and hopefully we'll be deconstructing and diving into some interesting interesting stuff. Um, before we get started, let me just... Uh, remind you guys how you can help support the show um we have uh so we put our content man sorry joseph is the one who usually does this uh, we put all of our content on different platforms so youtube odyssey you can find us on pretty much any social media platform uh you can also donate to the show if you so wish and if i can ask a, uh, a personal favor for those of you who cannot donate mo- monetarily. If you all, no matter where you kind of consume the content that we put out, whether that's through the podcast itself or whether that's on YouTube or whether you watch it on Odyssey, if you would go to those other platforms, you can find uh, everything in the show notes. If you follow us on social media, you can go look in our bios and it'll have all of our different links. If you would go subscribe like and comment on all of our stuff you don't even it doesn't even have to be like 100% in line with the content that you're watching but the more engagement we have in those places the more like we are to reach other audiences and so if you enjoy our content and you can't donate uh, monetarily one of the best things currently that you can do for us is just being interactive in the content that we are producing especially on YouTube and especially on Odyssey um, and and Twitch as well though not not quite as much that's more of a if you're not busy on a Wednesday night come hang out with me while I play video games uh, so yeah that is what you guys can do for us it's just value that's what we call the value for value system essentially um time treasure talent whatever you can uh offer up and whatever time that you are able to spend to help us make this a more productive um show so uh we're just going to go ahead and jump into some of these topics uh uh it's it's been an interesting week in the the world for lack of a better way of putting it uh so i wanted to start out with what might be the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my entire life um 
which is probably saying something, but, and, and who knows by next week, someone else could have said something dumber. Um, but I, uh, I have sort of this, this love hate relationship with social media, especially with TikTok. Now, hear me out on this and we'll go through it. I'm aware of sort of the, the origins of TikTok. I, I think we've talked about it in past episodes of the show. Uh, but I also sort of understand that that's where everybody is right now. So if you're trying to reach an audience, if you're trying to, especially with uh, the younger generations, right? So Z and pretty much everything that comes after uh, Gen, Gen Z, y- you got to kind of be on TikTok. You got to be where the people are, right? And it, and it sucks that it's that way right now, uh, especially because, uh, you know, that that app is what what would be the the right word uh suspicious at best <laughs> um anyway so this was a video that uh that came up on TikTok and obviously we've been talking a lot about uh the holy poke we've been talking a lot about rona we've been talking a lot about people's really bad takes on this stuff and uh where Joseph and I both stand which is essentially do what you want st- Stop asking people about their medical history. Uh, I don't know when it became normal for people to just ask you about, you know, your personal medical information. Uh, and I think Joseph is actually going to have something to say about that next week. Um, if some of the uh, things he was telling me about are actually true. Um, but for now, uh, we're just going to listen to this and uh, I kind of want to break it down a little bit so uh, here we go vaccine hesitancy in black and people of color is way different than white anti-vaxxers for black and people of color that vaccine hesitancy is rooted in valid fear the government has a horrible track record of treating black and people of color you know the Tuskegee experiment I can understand vaccine hesitancy and sympathize with that However, for white anti-vaxxers, their reasons are rooted in willful ignorance and selfishness. The two are not comparable at all. Okay, so sorry that that was a little bit loud. Um, I Okay, so let's start with this. Um, and this is something that's kind of common uh, among midwits, uh, among people who... Tr- essentially you're trying to act significantly smarter than they really are uh, <laughs> and you might have heard the word she pr- uh, mispronounced in there uh, it's Tuskegee not Tuskegee uh, and she was so proud of herself uh, maybe you've heard of the uh, Tuskegee experiment and it's like uh, the what? <laughs> um but let, let, let I, I wish um, I could tell you how many people were actually watching this. I, I think this this uh, has been seen by almost half a million people um, from this account alone. <laughs> I just I, I almost don't want to spend the time to break down what she's talking about, but I think it's necessary just so you guys can kind of have an idea of how dumb this really is. So something that I've noticed uh, about what she said, uh, sp- again, splitting whites and blacks, which um, is really frustrating uh, 
for a number of reasons. One, uh, white people aren't a monolith, and neither are blacks. So Joseph and I, both being white, both being male, uh, we have different opinions about things. Uh, we talk about them, we discuss them, and occasionally we uh, end up changing our minds about one thing or another. Uh, same thing goes if I was <clears throat> talking to someone who's black. Um, I've had uh, a number of people um, who are black change my mind about certain things or help me come to conclusions that I was never fully able to uh, actualize for myself. So for her to sort of play softball with Pete, with a, with we'll just say race for the sake of it because that's just the easiest way of putting this. Um, but for, for people who are of one race versus people who are of another, who essentially most of the people at this point who have decided not to get it, they have different reasons. Um, you know, if anyone on TikTok or anyone who tried to make these arguments understood what nuance was, this wouldn't be the kind of stuff that you'd be seeing on there. Um, she uh let, let, let's run let's run back through it and i'll uh i'll kind of take it piece by piece i uh, think about right here video vaccine hesitancy in black and people of color is way different than white anti-vaxxers okay first thing she does is not only does she split up people based on their skin color uh she calls one group hesitant and one anti-vax which is very interesting um, because I know for a fact uh, there are people uh, who happen to be black who have more of an anti-vax stance than even I do. Um, if you all have ever heard of Hotep Jesus or kind of the Hotep community, they're, they're, I wouldn't call them anti-vax. I wouldn't want to say that about them without asking for sure, but they have a tendency to lean more in the direction of we're going to just wait and see. In fact, we probably don't want a lot of this. Um, so right off the bat, she's already not, she's not making a sound argument because she's already splitting these things into different groups. It's like, are we talking about people who are hesitant or are we talking about people who are anti-vax? And now I understand that uh, for her, they might be the same thing, but this is, logical fallacy I guess for a lack of a better way of putting it uh, so let, let's keep going for black and people of color that vaccine hesitancy is rooted in valid fear she's actually right about this um, there are plenty of books uh, and studies that you can read including the Tuskegee experiment um, as, as well as many others uh, where Blacks in particular, um, because, again, one of the things she's trying to do is not only put blacks into a monolith, but throw in everyone who has, um, who essentially isn't Caucasian. Um, I'd actually be interested to see what she, where she falls with Asians as well, um, or people from uh, Oriental areas, so not necessarily the continent of Asia, because like we've talked about in the past, if you're just talking about Asians, you're talking about a massive population. Um yeah, but she is she is correct that hesitancy uh, from the black community is generally because they've been mistreated in the past. 
Uh, and we don't have time to go over all of that here. Um, if you are interested in some of that, uh, Mo Facts with Adam Curry is a great resource. Great podcast. Uh, they uh, break down a lot of those things. Uh, and, you know, it's a great way to go. So let's let's keep going. The government has a horrible track record of treating black and people of color. You know, the Tuskegee experiment. I can understand. Okay, again, if you're going to sound like you know what you're talking about, you should at least be able to correctly pronounce the name of the experiment. Tuskegee, not Tuskegee. Understand vaccine hesitancy and sympathize with that. Okay, so she's, and, and now this is the weird thing, is she's saying that I sympathize with vaccine hesitancy. However, for white anti-vaxxers... And again, this isn't always the case. Uh, I kind of hate when people uh, sort of put these two things together when they say uh, anything that someone says before a but automatically deletes everything that came before it. And it's like, not really, but an (laughs) argument... See, I did it there. But in arguments like this, there is sort of this... Well, I believe all these things. However, right, it's just... It's like, I, that stuff's not nearly as important about as what I'm about to say. Their reasons are rooted in willful ignorance and selfishness. Okay. First of all, she should explain what she means by willful ignorance uh, and selfishness. Also, so, so what? Who, who cares? Right? Well, at this point, we already know uh, that the Holy Poke is really a remedy more than anything i don't think most people are denying at this point that it 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 might be helping some people um but as we learned last week from leanna win who is apparently an expert on these things allegedly right she said that the viral load uh that's held by the vaccinated is actually much larger and they can also transmit it to the unvaccinated or to other vaccinated people. This whole thing is falling apart and you have people like this who are going after white people or, well, again, this is, this is completely confusing and this is why nuance is necessary and why it's important to sit down with people and have discussions, even if you have disagreements. But we don't really do that anymore. We just yell at each other over the internet. Um, so that's really all I have to say about that. I do want to make one, one last uh, point, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, so 2020, which almost feels like a lifetime ago at this point, um, George Floyd dies, and a crazy amount of people on the internet both black and white, um, started telling people to do more homework about, uh, we'll just say racial issues in the United States. Uh, and it's, it's really funny because they were very proud of themselves. But one of the things that you saw from a lot of these people was that I'm tired and I don't have the time to teach you. Don't ask me to be the one to teach you these things. You need to go out and you need to do the research for yourself. And this would be my biggest point as respectfully as possible to this uh, this young lady. 
I went out, right? So she's talking about this this willful ignorance. We can play off that a little bit. Um, I said, okay, bet. Let's uh, let's go and see what I've 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 been missing. So, uh, I started with uh, MoFax the podcast and Mo's big thing, and this is a quote from um, Malcolm X. Uh, he says. Essentially, and I'm paraphrasing with this a little bit, uh, the only way for the white man and the black man to be able to resolve differences is to come together at the table. Uh, and each one of them, uh, you know, give their grievances or be able to talk about different things without the other one being offended, right? Because you can't get to the bottom of certain things if you're not able to talk and you're not allowed, you're not able to put your offense aside, right? We see this nowadays with so many people, they can't, they get offended so quickly that they're not listening to what the other person is saying. They're they're either going in with uh, preconceived notions of what is going to happen or what is being said that they're not really listening to the other person. So I did it. I went. I started with him, right? Uh, that led me to, uh, and, and a couple other things, led me to people like Colleen Noir, who's big in the 2A community. That led me to people like Maj Torre, Eric July. That led me to even someone like Hotep Jesus, who's someone that um, I we disagree about certain things. I think in particular religion um, or faith might be a better way of putting it. But it doesn't mean that he didn't have things to say. Uh, didn't know a lot about the history of uh, black people in this country. Um, and I've learned a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And not only about the history of blacks in this country, but just the history of this country, right? So, I'm going down all these roads. Uh, you know, it does lead me to Eric July. Uh, Eric July kind of reignites my um, libertarian side, if you will, uh, and turns me into an ANCAP, right? Because, and and she kind of hit, she was like, uh, like, off, but almost there, where something she doesn't realize is that the government again is the centerpiece of all this right if they didn't have the power and all this money to cause issues for the black community a lot of the stuff that people are really angry about in 2020 and 2021 it wouldn't be as big of a deal um i I think eric july was the one who said this but racism doesn't have any power if it doesn't have an institution behind it it, it, the only reason that, that someone who sees someone as a lesser being can do anything about it is because they have an institution with power behind them, right? The federal government, local governments, right? Look at Hitler's rise. If if Hitler was a nut who just thought that uh, the Jews should be eliminated, he never, <laughs> and, and he never had any sort of institutional power, nothing wouldn't have mattered. He might have hurt like one person, right? But he never would have become the person that he was today. And I, there's so much more that we could get into, but I am going to, I'm going to leave it there with that. But, you know, this kind of stuff is a little worrying because I, I'm just going to assume she's Gen Z. Uh, she looks pretty young. These are the people that are coming up, and this is the TikTok generation that's on here listening to stuff like this, listening to people like, uh, um, oh, what is that guy's name? He's uh, Cenk Uger's 
cousin or something like that. He's this massive Twitch streamer. Uh, he's got like 45 million followers, and he's he's definitely got a room temperature IQ, I would say. Um, at least when it comes to sort of like political discourse and a lot of the things that are going on uh, in the world. Like, he just doesn't... I don't know. It's like he's just been fed... Uh, all of this information and he, and he just regurgitates it like he knows what he's talking about and uh you know it's it, it's not great but anyway there's a lot of these people out out there who think um like this girl and it's oof, should should definitely worry us at least at the very least it should be a little bit concerning all right um so this next clip is one that was sent to me uh, by friend of the show, Marcus. I'm just setting this up real quick. Don't want to accidentally blow out anybody's eardrums. This is uh, the new governor of New York. Uh, so Cuomo is out. She stepped up. Uh, Kathy Hochul, I think is her name. Um, she was asked... I assume, to speak um, at New York City's Christian Cultural Center on the 26th of September. Uh, and this, it's about a two-minute clip, this is what she had to say. Get this community back. And what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that, especially when I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them, whatever comes your way in life, you are stronger, you are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He let Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Um, maybe true that that's the case. Uh, no proof of that. Um, and the reason that we, we don't generally want to make the assumption that God let, uh, people survive the pandemic or survive anything for that case is that there are also a lot of bad people who survive, uh, pandemics, epidemics, whatever the case may be. So gotta, you know, you gotta kind of be careful with, uh, with what you say that's that's it's not great but then again um my assumption would be that uh, uh governor hokel is not a believer so let you live through this when so many other people did not and that is also your responsibility oh, it's okay so let me just say this again. there's one more thing that just popped into my head about this um that's like <laughs> i mean it's not on the same level but could you imagine uh, a pastor going up to uh, a group of people who survived the Holocaust and being like, um, you survived for a reason when a lot of other people didn't. It just comes off, uh, it comes off weird. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time. 
Oh, sorry. She's about to talk about her vaccine necklace. Um, so a, cu- a couple things here. Um, one of the things that you'll see in sort of this new neo-Puritanism is reference to God, but nothing more specific than that. Uh, this is actually happening in a lot of the sort of, uh, we'll just call it the progressive movement within the church. A lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, who will talk about God. They'll talk about um, all of these things kind of surrounding God, but Jesus Christ, grace, love, redemption, hope, uh, any of the things that really go along with sort of a gospel-centered message, you're not necessarily hearing. Um, and, and you kind of, I don't, I, I'm not saying you have to read through the lines. You kind of have to listen to them what they're saying, but also the things that they're they're kind of leaving out um, and the direction that they're moving in, right? So she talks about God. She talks about how uh, God gave smart people the idea for vaccines, which, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you could definitely make an argument for that, I think. Um, but she uh, is now about to kind of go into this, like, oh, I wear this vaccine necklace, right? As if it's sort of like a rosary for her. There's, you got to understand that, and we'll call them totems just because there's not a better word that I can, I can think of right now. People use physical objects as sort of a representation of their faith, right? So I would just kind of pay attention to, you know, what she says here and when anyone kind of talks about a physical object or, things like that, right? Whether that be money or anything else. The time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. <laughs> okay, so she's starting to go down the hill right here, right? So she says, oh, I know all of you got the got the poke, got the holy poke. Uh, you're the smart ones. Um, uh, it breaks my brain a little bit. Uh, I, uh, clearly, she wasn't aware that the highest percentage of people who uh, denied the poke all had, I think, PhDs, if I remember correctly. It was another story that Joseph and I covered a while back. Um, you can go go find that information, I'm pretty sure. But I think that was the case, is that a majority of the people who said that they were going to deny taking it had PhDs. They were intelligent people. Um, and I think anyone who does their own research and tries to come to a conclusion that's the best thing for them it's it's completely fine um, but apparently you're just not smart enough if you're if you're not listening to the experts which is a fallacy um i i, I think we've talked about it on on the show but it's uh, the appeal to authority um so anyone who happens to be an expert in their field it's you're supposed to just take them at their word because that's what they do all right let's keep going you know this you know who they are i need you to be my apostles i need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. Okay, so it all kind of like I think starts to fall apart for her here a little bit and it's almost like she realizes it. So again, if you're actually looking at the data, children are significantly less likely to get this. 
uh, both, I think, no matter what the strain is, I don't think there's been any any real studies uh, on whether any of these new strains, my assumption would be that the answer is no to that. Um, but I really just want to focus in right here on, um, she's at this Christian center. I mean, I, I'd have to look up, what, you know, if, if they're sort of one of those like universal Unitarian style churches or whatever, or the, um, whatever the case may be here. Um, there, I think it's actually the next story that we're going to get into. Um, but there's a reason that, uh, politicians should be banned from speaking at, um, let's just say in the pulpit and any sort of, I would say any sort of, um, position of authority within the church as a whole. Um, it's always really funny. You have this like thing that happens a lot with people who are either like Christian or we'll just say Christian or atheist for the, to make the point a little bit easier. Uh, you'll have like one group who's like, well, separation of church and state is to protect the church from the state because that's the reason that uh, they left uh, England and came over here was because uh, uh, the state was too heavily involved with the church. But it's it's actually both uh, because you're also protecting um, – well, oh gosh – you're in a way you're also protecting the state from the church because the church gaining power like they did with the um the the religious right in the 70s 80s and 90s maybe even up until about 2001 or so um the moral majority that's what it was they uh they believed that the best way to run the country was to force people to follow christian values now it didn't work, and it's one of the reasons why you got sort of you, you got the more hardcore atheist movement around um, that time, or that time within that time period. It's sort of um, very belligerent uh, in the same way. I mean, they were just sort of a reaction, I believe, to the moral majority, where they were going, you know what? No, we don't. We don't want to live the same way that you do. It's like you can't force us to do that, right? And this is kind of where this idea now is that you have this new neo-Puritanism. You have this new moral majority that is not grounded in the gospel, that is using that kind of language like I was referring to earlier. Um, you're really seeing something new, something that is religious and sort of has this occult nature to it. And it's popping up everywhere. And it started uh, with this uh, this new progressive movement of woke people or people with a woke ideology that was saying that this is the way that things are and you have to live this way. I mean, you look at the uh, anti-racism, like the the, the being actively anti-racist uh, like ideology. And that it's it's something that you have to do forever, and and that there's and this is the difference between that and the real gospel is that um, Jesus forgives. Um, Christianity is based in uh, Christ alone, not by your own works. <clears throat> Excuse me. And all of this stuff that's now being pushed on the church. And, and you know, uh, there's an episode that uh, that Joseph and I did 
a while back, oh man, I don't have the episode number in front of me right now, um, where we talked about um, the <clears throat> the documentary By What Standard, I believe is what it's called. And uh, it's where uh, that one that one ISO uh, that we have comes from. And the entire documentary is just kind of showing how a group of people within the Baptist, uh, the B, uh, uh, oh my God, oh, Southern Baptist Convention, excuse me. Um, I, there are so many acronyms and so many different names that, that fall into all these different places. It's hard to keep up with everything, um, but it's where this, this comes from. I am a racist. Uh, that was from that documentary. <laughs> I uh, still don't remember who that pastor was, but the the entire point of it was that uh, these ideologies are creeping into the church, and 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 Joseph and I have talked about it a little bit, but we are no longer keeping ourselves separate. I don't generally have a problem with certain things being brought forth to the church as something to think about to meditate on to speak about to debate and then potentially move forward with if if it seems to like I guess stand the test of time so that's kind of the problem with a lot of this like honestly it's woke garbage and I, I know that there are people who disagree with me but it's like a lot. I haven't heard anything from that movement that sounds anything more to me than misrepresenting the church for the state and allowing statism and allowing the ideas from these uh, these different intellects to move in and try to weaken the church, I guess would be the way to say it. Um, this happened with the moral majority. This happened when we des- decided, excuse me, I say we, but when the church or churches at the time decided that Republicans were just Christian across the board, right? So if you're a, if, if you're a Christian, you're a Republican, and you vote for the Republicans because the Republicans are moral. They are upright. They are just. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, I think that the new moral majority, or the uh, the Neo-Puritans, which is, I, I like calling them that. I like that, that name. They, um, in, including the governor of New York, are now attempting to be the new moral majority. They are attempting to use force to get everyone to do what they do or what they want them to do. And they're using religion and they're using, um, and it's funny. She did mention Jesus, you know, threw that out there. Um, but what they really believe in is false teaching. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's blasphemy. If you want to use those words, I mean that you want to talk about heretical, um, or like someone being a heretic as far as like um, the things that they preach in a um, in the name of God or Jesus or things like that. That's what she was doing. I mean, like, man, 
I would not, <laughs> I would not have wanted to be standing close to her uh, during that. Um, I, I, I hope that anyone who comes across this and listens to this understands, um, no matter where you kind of come from, uh, whether you're Christian or not, or whatever the case may be. Uh, this is not a representation of the church. Um, the governor of New York does not speak for me. Uh, she does not speak to most of the people that I know who are churchgoers, who are believers. Um, and it's, uh, I, I can't say I'm offended. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's kind of just my personality. I, getting offended is, it's kind of a waste of energy uh, a lot of the time. But it is disgusting. It's it's gross to see someone try to use someone's faith uh, to force them into a position. Uh, to call people her apostles for the vaccine, for the holy poke. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I did allude to it before. Um, oh, by the way, before we move on, I did not see a single we'll call them a reputable news-ish outlets. So whether they're blogging or they actually kind of cover news in the Christian world, none of these outlets covered her doing this. And, you know, they have plenty of time to, you know, talk about how we're not singing the right hymns and the, the hymns are too whitewashed or, you know, uh, what <laughs> what do... Gen Z's think about church and, you know, all of these sort of like bubblegum pop or, uh, again, going back to some of that critical race theory, some of the, um, this new, uh, uh, new moral majority and the things that they feel are the most concerning. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff that gets written. Uh, and, and it's so clear that it just, again, just like it was with the moral majority when it was on the right. This new moral majority that's on the left is focused on all the wrong things. They're so focused on these details of like, oh, uh, like there's one article in Christianity Today that was like, oh, the word justice doesn't come up enough in the top 25 worship songs currently. And you're like, are you kidding? Like, this is what you're worried about? Um, I, I, You know, I listened to a, uh, I, I haven't finished it yet, but I got recommended or someone said you, that I should listen to uh, this uh, interview that Joe Rogan did with a uh, a young woman who was born in North Korea, uh, dude, it's like heart wrenching stuff. I mean, just awful. Like I, it, it's rare that I have to kind of stop what I'm doing and sort of just recompose myself. Um, that episode did it. Like even now, as I'm thinking about it a little too much, it's 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 starting to make me a little bit emotional. So uh, I won't I won't go too much into it. I recommend it. Um, you know, you can, you can, wherever you listen to his podcast, you can find it. It's, it's, uh, it was about, uh, 10 or 15 episodes ago. Um, so let's move on. Uh, this was just a, a quick story that I wanted to go over. Um, this is actually from Christianity Today, because while I was looking for, uh, anyone who might be willing to speak up and give a, um, a gospel centered approach to what the governor of New York said, couldn't find it. But I did find this. Uh, it says most Kenyan churches ban politicians from pulpits, except the Methodists. Dirty Methodists. 
Uh, it says the National Anglican, Presbyterian, Roman Catholic, and Evangelical churches have all issued bans as many politicians have begun early stumping. Oops. Uh, have begun, uh, excuse me, have begun early stumping for next year's general elections and COVID-19 public health measures uh, have restricted how and where campaigns can be placed. Methodists, however, are keeping the church doors open for now. So here's the problem with this article, and I, it's it's linked in the show notes so you can go read it for yourself. So it essentially goes on to kind of talk about that, but the way that they uh, approach this, and I, uh, let's see if I can find, okay, uh, it says... Um, the the presenting bishop of the Methodist Church in Kenya has said his church is not uh, dissenting from the effort, but is taking a different approach. The bishop said shutting the doors to politicians would mean discriminating against some of its members. Now, here's the thing, according to the headline and what was said before. They, these people were banned politicians were banned from the pulpit, not from attending church, right? I, if, if this was about... Um, politicians being banned from church first of all i'd have to ask okay well why did they decide to completely ban them from attending these churches um has it gotten so bad to the point where they're like it's safer for our congregation and it's better for um our mission if uh these politicians aren't there right we don't know i don't think it i don't think the article article completely goes into it oh okay so let me keep going uh this Methodist uh, bishop says the church is for all people. Yes, that's true. Um, Notumbra told RNS in a telephone interview, human beings are political. So there is nothing wrong with inviting the politicians in church. Um, I'd argue that's not really the case. Now, if you're just talking about politics as being um, interactions between one person and another and how they resolve differences, things like that, uh, which I've heard that I'm again I'm paraphrasing a little bit but I've heard that as being a definition for politics okay but if we're talking about state sanctioned force against people uh, no that's not it's not the same thing in fact uh, I, I would argue that the early church uh, in Rome uh, the early uh, church that's talked about in Acts actually wanted very little to do with the state wanted very little to do with government and part of the reason for that is because those were the people that were persecuting them right everyone always wants to talk about how the jews killed jesus but it's like well how did they do it they use state power they convinced the state to murder jesus that that was what it was okay um this is where it's kind of interesting it says according to the bishop congregations need to hear the views of politicians on issues of national interest uh why in church would be my first question such as the sharing of resources in the past um the church has invited other experts to speak to congregations on important matters and politicians are no different nope uh again i would disagree with this this bishop some politicians are our pastors (laughs) okay some of you might not find this to be as egregious as I do I I think if my pastor uh got up in front of the congregation and said he was running for president senate maybe even local stuff I'd be like okay well when are you resigning from the head of the church as being the head of the church 
because I don't think you can be split between the two. And I think that the two things have a tendency to, um, you can't be fully the pastor, like head pastor of a church and you can't also be a politician and doing the things that politicians need to do. I mean, they, so much of that stuff, especially in, in modern times just goes totally against, uh, the two things. Um, it's kind of the reason why I, I'm so tired of this narrative from churches about um, this sort of like here. I don't want to completely call it hero worship. Uh, and it happens a lot more, I think, with cops than it does uh, any other group of people. But there's this thing with churches where they think that people who are paid to do a job, especially when they're law enforcement and they're there to enforce laws that somehow they're sort of like these righteous members of the community. And I'm like, these are the people that if the government turned on you and decided that your church couldn't be open, kind of sound familiar, and they had to uphold the laws, right? Like if, if the whole COVID thing had become, well, you have to, uh, the, this is a law now, lockdowns are necessary for three consecutive months out of every year. So you can't meet for church these three months. Like what are churches going to do? Are you going to zoom for three months or are you going to be like, no, this goes against what we believe. Um, and if you don't think stuff like that, I mean, listen, I don't know if something like that would ever happen in my lifetime. I kind of go back on back and forth on it. I think, uh, 2020 was the closest that we've ever gotten to something like that. But, uh yeah I I no I I've got some major issues with uh the church uh having politicians as their pastors that's that that does not seem okay to me um let's see if there was anything else in here <laughs> I like this it says the no politicking effort started by the Presbyterian Church of East Africa in July gained momentum this uh this month when Archbishop Jackson Ole Sapit the Anglican uh Premier of Kenya announced his church's ban. Uh, I'm assuming that's what that is. Primate. primate. Pri it says primate, but that can't be... Whatever. We're moving on. Uh, everyone is welcome to church. Ah, here you go. This is why this article is kind of poorly written. Um, it says, everyone is welcome in the, chur in, in the churches, but we have the pews and, and the pulpit, um, said Ole Sabbath. On September 12th, during the ordination of Kenya's first Anglican woman bishop, okay, something for another time, uh, the pulpit is for the clergy and the pews for everyone who comes to worship. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this, it goes on. We're not going to read this entire thing. I don't have time. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that is the correct response. Uh, I don't want a politician getting up and giving a sermon because the entire time I'm going to be thinking, okay, so is he doing this because he wants me to vote for him? Is he doing this because he has some sort of platform that he's trying to get across, something that he's trying to get me to get on board with? Um, it's, just, it's a bad idea. It's a very, very bad idea. This is how uh, you get into uh, situations where uh, people tr start trying to use force uh, to get their policies across, and then they use evangelicals let's just say um, especially in america it's i think the predominant group um, maybe catholics might i don't know catholics might be a little bit bigger but I, I think 
Protestants evangelicals uh, are a bigger a bigger piece of the pie, if you will. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bad idea. Uh, we don't need to we don't need to be doing that sort of stuff. All right, I believe. Um, yeah, just two two other little small small stories. I'm not going to spend too much time on these. Uh, I wanted to throw the story about the Facebook outage um, in because it literally happened the day that I'm recording this, so it's it's kind of important to uh, uh, to mention. Um, this is from CNET. Uh, they um, reported on the uh, the outage. It says Facebook's uh, Facebook's back, but WhatsApp and Instagram still down and widespread. It, actually, they must have just updated this as. I was uh, prepping for the show. Um, so as the company acknowledged that <coughs> Facebook, that it was having issues shortly after noon Eastern, saying in a tweet, um, working to get things back to normal, and we'll send an update here s- as soon as possible. Um, the outage and the resulting reaction on Twitter underscores both uh, our dependency on social networks, blah, blah, blah. Um, outages are nothing new in the online world. Um, it's not immediately clear what caused the issue for the three properties. Um, security expert Brian Krebs said it appears to be a DNS-related issue, um, adding that something caused the company to revoke key digital records. Uh, the Tell computer... Uh, the tell computers and other internet-enabled devices how to find these destinations online. In addition to Facebook's uh, Facebook services and apps being down, some of the company's internal tools were also reportedly impacted by the outage. Instagram CEO said in a tweet that it felt like a snow day, um, which, you know, whenever you happen to be listening to this, that's that's probably the case for a lot of you. Um, it looks like Twitter was worried about <laughs> I wonder if a bunch of, it's kind of an interesting uh, take on it because it looks like Twitter was worried about uh, an uptick in usage on their platform as well. Um, there was a story going around. Um, Joseph actually sent this to me. Um, it was Barstool Sports, I guess, was posting about this, but Facebook's master code reportedly deleted Gene's Facebook and Instagram would be gone forever. Um, it seems like that's not true. Uh, seems like that's not the case. So don't worry to all the normies. Facebook is back. You can go and continue to talk to people and give them your opinion that you heard on Ben Shapiro or CNN uh, the previous night. So all is safe in the world of uh, social media and everyone can continue to stay addicted. Uh, last thing real quick. Um we uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Sarah Silverman and her secession sort of speech that she gave. Uh, she recently uh, said that she thinks that it would not be an unwise decision for the United States to split into more than one country. Now, Joseph and I talked about it on that show, and I'll mention it again. Most of the takes that you're going to hear about this kind of stuff are people who are just coming to this sort of conclusion or they're just now starting to mess around with the idea that maybe it's not a great idea that 328 million people all share the same government. And we're just talking about the starting point of this. I understand that the idea of secession can be taken all the way down to the individual, but for the sake of a majority of people, we're pretty much just talking about 
the early stages of this stuff. Um, so here's another uh, another article by Newsweek that says a majority of Trump voters want to split the nation uh, into red and blue halves. Um, I'm not really going to take the time to go through this entire thing. They essentially just did polls. Uh, it says a majority of Trump voters want to split the country into red and blue halves, according to a poll conducted by University of Virginia. Roughly 52% of people who voted for Republican former President uh, Donald Trump either somewhat agree or strongly agree that it's time to split the country. And Sarah Silverman agrees with you. So I wanted to bring that to people's attention because this is Newsweek is a mainstream magazine. Uh, or was a magazine, I guess, is now just an online um, outlet. Uh, so this this idea is, is starting to sort of take shape, and I'm kind of curious. Uh, you should see, I, I linked, I believe I linked this article as well in the show notes. You should go read some of the comments <laughs> down below. People are so funny. They're like, no, this is terrible. Um, but again, this is because people have never really considered it, right? They're, they, they think they talk a little bit in the the article about the civil war and how secession is what causes civil war, which isn't totally true. Um, that's, that's sort of, uh, Oh man. Um, I've been picking on people a lot this episode, but it, I mean, it is a mid it's a, it's a midwit argument for, uh, what caused the civil war. Um, nuance is always important in any of these things and, and, and looking into it. Um, maybe, maybe Joseph and I need to cover that one of these days about just some, some of the, the factors that really, uh, led to uh, the Civil War, which was terrible, by the way. And um, I think Joseph and I mentioned it before, but uh, violence isn't something that neither of us would like to see. Uh, I think that Joseph's fully on board with the idea of uh, kind of what I've been saying about 52 nation states and starting there and uh, eventually, you know, allowing Northern California, uh, free state of Jefferson, to uh, become its own uh, independent nation state and if um, you know any of these other places want to do the same afterwards and and secession becomes a smaller and smaller thing but we still have a common defense we still trade with each other uh, nothing has to change right uh, we talked about months ago how uh, the city of or uh, how uh, Buckhead wants to be removed from the city of Atlanta to become its own uh, county, I believe would be the correct term. Forgive me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, because they're tired of being lumped in with Atlanta and all of the issues that come with it. Because they're the richest area and they're the ones who are now uh, facing like a brunt of the poor decision making making coming from Keisha Longbottoms and uh, the rest of the people who are uh, in control of the government in Atlanta. These again, like everything that I've talked about tonight, all of these discussions need to be had in a calm and peaceful manner. No one wants. I, I don't think that a majority of people in this country want to see us break out into another civil war. Um, it was. I, I think the the actual civil war. The count was seven hundred and fifty thousand people died in the civil war. It was. I think considered one of the largest loss of life, if not the largest loss of life in any war in history. Um, somebody can fact check me on that, but from what I was talking about with some people yesterday, that, that seemed to be the case. So um, we're just we're gonna close out there. Uh, 
you know, I would, uh, I'd recommend everybody, you know, keep doing your research, keep looking into all these different things and, um, challenge yourself a little bit, you know, don't be afraid to have these kinds of conversations with people. Uh, it definitely can be, it can be difficult. It can, it can rub people the wrong way and, you know, maybe don't go straight for the jugular. It's something I'm kind of having to learn, uh, as a Christian and as someone who is sort of stepping back into, uh, the world of politics, um, over this last year, really, uh, doing things correctly, uh, and, and not making it about a partisan group. Um, yeah, everyone who listens to this show knows essentially where Joseph and I stand on these things. But the, the one thing that we, I think want to make clear is that we don't really care politically where you land as long as you you land in a a place that is not aggressing against myself or any other individual i i think that's really the uh the the takeaway is um you are more than welcome to believe that being woke and being anti-racist and following ibram x kindy and um the the white lady that wrote white uh say white guilt that's not right uh what is the uh white fragility uh you know if if you want to follow all of that and you want to come to to church or you want to just live your life wherever that may be in a community of people who think exactly like you do you are more than welcome to do that again the biggest problem that we have is when you start um trying to force these ideas on other people and telling people that they're lesser or that they they don't think correctly um because they don't 100 percent follow your ideas and if you can't argue well those ideas if you can't have a good discussion about those ideas and really nail your point home then you know maybe it's time to to look in a new direction anyway we will be back actually excuse me i will be back on thursday uh with another episode we're going to be talking about the movie nobody uh there we're going to be talking about uh the trouble that hollywood is in and uh how they uh another story about how uh actors continue to live in this bubble that uh you know is just reverberating their opinions off the walls and bouncing them right back at them uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Chink Uger from the Young Turks and possibly, you know, I said what that girl said at the beginning of this episode was the dumbest thing I ever heard, but this might be up there. This is a good challenger for, for that opinion. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday to talk about this stuff, so tune in then. Politics ruins everything. You let politics ruin or rather control your whole life, man. You're going to be a miserable person, straight up. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors.